From Creation Ministries International, you're listening to Creation.com's article podcast. The research and the insights that give God the glory, refute evolution, and give you the answers to defend your faith. I'm Joseph Darnell. Satan's deceptions have been around from just after the beginning of time until now, and undoubtedly they will continue to be present until he faces eternal punishment in the lake of fire. Revelation 10.20 says, And the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and the false prophet were, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Appearing to Eve in the Garden of Eden, in bodily form as a serpent, the devil enticed her, you will not surely die. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. These temptations still resonate with humans today as they did back then in Eden. Of course, Christians do indeed grow in the knowledge of God. Colossians 1.10 reads, So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. 2 Corinthians 4.6 says, for God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And Christians will ultimately experience eternal life as part of God's promises. But there are people out there who want to accomplish these things in their own strength ahead of time, apart from God. One method people choose, attempting to avoid permanent physical death, is cryonics. They hope to be revived again at some point in the future. This is not futuristic science fiction. People have entertained the idea of freezing human beings from the early 1960s. Companies exist and practice the cryonics part right now. For example, Alcor with 190 patients as of the 14th of April 2022. What is yet to be seen is whether their clients will ever be successfully revived. This is an impossibility from a Christian standpoint, which we'll get to in a moment, but their ideas are also science fiction. Tellingly, Cryonics Institute with 219 patients as of the 30th of January 2022 states on their website, We believe that revival is a real possibility. And that belief is reinforced by hopeful statements like, Increasingly point to a future technology. And, we might be able to revive people in a healthy and youthful state when these technologies mature. The Cryonics Institute claims some past successes on some frozen animals, organs, and even human embryos, but they confess they cannot warrant success for their clients. However, they can guarantee that, if you don't sign up for cryonics, you will have no chance at all of being revived in the future. Interestingly, however, shortly afterwards, they try to reassure potential clients that cryonics is not inconsistent with Christian beliefs, a faith that instructs its followers to rejoice that their names are written in heaven, see Luke 10.20, and are quick to point out that cryonics is a form of life support, not resurrection. They cannot fool God. He is the author of life he gives, and takes away. Acts 3.15 says, You killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. And Job 1.21 says, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. 
Blessed be the name of the Lord. God determines everyone's allotted time upon earth and their end. Psalm 139.16 Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as of yet there was none of them. And after this life, we will be judged, and there is no second chance from that point. Hebrews 9.27 And just as it was appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment. Varying definitions of death exist, and some say death is not an on-off switch, but rather a process. Typically, establishing legal death, thus permitting a client to start the cryonics process, is presently defined when cardiac arrest occurs, and even here there is no consensus. A cryonics team would need to be standing by to pause the onset of decay by taking immediate action, with one of the first tasks being to cool the entire body. This is quite different from the approach taken in the Hollywood blockbuster Jurassic Park, where scientists resurrected live dinosaurs. And now, we can make a baby dinosaur. DNA was extracted from trapped mosquitoes in amber, whose last meal, supposedly 65 million years prior, was dinosaur blood. A hundred million years ago, there were mosquitoes, just like today. That gave rise to a live dinosaur theme park. Welcome to Jurassic Park. In 1988, some scientists were proactive with a critically endangered black-footed ferret, specifically a female named Willa. However, this conservation effort was nothing like cryonics, where the whole body will be revived. Instead, in 2020, they isolated genetic material from Willa's preserved skin cells. She had died three decades earlier and injected this into an inoculated ferret egg cell. The resulting zygote was implanted into the uterus of a domestic ferret and born later as Elizabeth Ann, a clone of Willa. Note that although the genetic material was over 30 years old, the body of Elizabeth Ann, with all its organs and systems, was a new body. Let's assume, for the sake of argument, that the cryonics process could one day perfectly preserve the current state of the body components. Let's call it the hardware, such as lungs, liver, kidneys, heart, brain, and all the rest of the organs and tissues. The body simply could not be as vital as a 25-year-old's, unless of course the deceased person was 25 years old. Despite the human body's natural repair systems, on the whole, we are on a downhill slope with respect to declining health and debilitation. This bodily deterioration is termed senescence, and many of us have the aches, pains, visible age indicators, and scars that attest to this. Looking at the information, or software, aspect, the genome itself has an enormously sophisticated repair mechanism in place. This is no superfluous luxury, with mutations happening in somatic cells at a rate that would very soon be catastrophic, if not kept in check. Nonetheless, our DNA also has a finite life. This is determined by the fact that, in virtually all of the body's tissues, chromosome end caps called telomeres get shorter each and every time the cells divide. Storing the body at negative 196 degrees Celsius, or thereabouts, will effectively arrest decay. However, it will not reverse any damage done whilst alive. And then there's the human mind and soul. We'll talk about that right after a short break.
Christ gives us hope in a fallen world, a fallen life. But why in the first place would Jesus and the Heavenly Father let all of creation suffer the curse, pain, and suffering to the extent of trouble that plagues all of us? It's one of the most asked questions. Why does a loving God allow death and suffering? Gary Bates, speaker, writer, and CEO of CMI USA, presents to you Why Does a Good God Allow Bad Things? A streaming video presentation also available on DVD. The heart of the Creator is revealed as Gary persuasively unfolds the often overlooked issue in today's evolution creation culture wars, the vital big picture of the gospel. Many hearts and minds were changed after hearing Gary explain the gospel message with a powerful yet compassionate approach. If you need a fresh perspective of the gospel and hope for the future, watch Why Does a Good God Allow Bad Things? Available at creation.com store. Many believe that people have souls, but strictly speaking, that is wrongly put. Biblically, the whole person is often termed a soul. For example, in Acts 2.41 and 43. But the soul is also referred to as the immaterial aspect of our being. People have bodies, but the soul is everlasting. Some think the soul is equivalent to the brain. Sharon Dirks explores this in her book, Am I Just My Brain? The body, including the brain, is a collection of hardware. However, you can have all the parts in the correct place seconds after the brainstem ceases to function, but it would still not be considered alive. Without a running operating system, as it were, in the brain, the body's hardware will simply do not. So how about an operating system devoid of a body? Any operating system still needs some sort of medium to exist on and dwell in although the information is not integral to the medium. Quite a few have considered the idea of continuing worldly life after physical death. They contemplate the esoteric idea of being alive as a software, an intelligence that continues to live whilst residing on the internet or in artificial body. Max Tegmark explores this in his book, Life 3.0. An upload of our minds can live in a virtual reality or be embodied in a robot capable of walking, flying, swimming, spacefaring, or anything else allowed by the laws of physics, unencumbered by such everyday concerns as death or limited cognitive resources. Even if, for the sake of argument, one granted consciousness to such an entity, it would not be alive in the biblical sense. A person, he or she, made in the image of God. The virtual reality version of a human wouldn't have any senses. Sight, hearing, touch, smell and taste, and even an embodied robot specimen with various sensors could not be morally aware. What moral laws would be coded? In stark contrast, the Lord declared in Hebrews 10.16, I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. This short article has only scratched the surface of the topic. What we can say is that the desire to postpone or escape death through cryonics or any other means is incompatible with true Christian faith. For all people of the past, with two exceptions being Enoch and Elijah, the present and those yet to live in the future, death is an unavoidable reality, with the exception of those alive at the time of Jesus' return. See 1 Thessalonians 4.15. Those in Christ will one day be resurrected and will be given new eternal bodies. 1 Corinthians 15.42-44 says, So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable, 
What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown in natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 10. For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to be put in our heavenly dwelling, if indeed by putting it on we may not be found naked. For while we are still in this tent, we groan, being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one of us may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Those who rebel against God and reject His abundant life shall be thrown into hell, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Mark 9, 47-48 And if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into hell, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Rather than our old body being possibly revived at some future date, or perhaps existing as a bodiless web-based entity, there is a more straightforward, glorious, and guaranteed answer to the question, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Luke 10 says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all of your strength, and with all of your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Do this, and you will live. The Creation.com article podcast is hosted by me, Joseph Darnell. You'll find lots of interesting related content in the links and show notes. This episode's article was written by Lucien Tunstra. Be sure to listen to our other show, Creation.com Talk. Visit our events page to find a creationist giving a presentation in your local area. If you'd like to help us, become a monthly supporter at creation.com slash donate. If you want the latest noteworthy research and news, subscribe to Creation Magazine. From everyone at creation.com, thanks for listening.